Hello, everybody. I'm Butler. And I'm Maggie. And welcome to the Coffee Talks podcast. It's great to have you in today. Uh, Max, how you doing? I'm doing splendid. Splendid? Splendid. Um, uh, I was going <laughs> to... You know, first I'm going to introduce who we have. Ian Reed. What's up, buddy? How's it going? How you doing, man? Doing Ian great. Reed is our, uh, our special guest today <laughs> on the podcast and... Um, I was just like laughing because of we took like 30 minutes to like set up the whole thing and it's like 45. So here we are. So we've got a, a cool like two camera option this time because we've got this is the first time we've had three people. Uh, well, we've had Meredith last week, but we didn't get to do video that time. So yeah. um, so this is like a two camera setup. What's up, YouTube? Uh, <laughs> this is on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we post right now. Live. Uh, no. Live. Live YouTube currently no yeah that's, that's what it is right ian now. owns and runs youtube I, he knows I, how it works. yeah we have the ceo of youtube with us today ian reed <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh ian thanks for helping us with the uh, lighting <laughs> setup uh, even though we i'm gonna disown any any involvement in the lighting because i don't i don't actually know how it looks right now so <laughs> yeah i don't know either but um at least hey at least we broke you know only one light bulb we in the process we only we only broke one light bulb and we only slammed 35 lights into the ceiling yeah so it was yeah no it's okay because it was like my favorite um light bulb Ooh. so <laughs> hey well i saw it in the package of another <clears throat> light bulbs. 20, I thought, i'm trying I to do, trying to decide whether to make an actual heartfelt apology or to, <laughs> or to just move on and treat that as a uh, as a little joke but uh i don't know what jokes I'm are i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> well we've got th 25 light bulbs one what was it one what what did you say 25 light bulbs one he slammed 25, 25 into the ceiling, into the mm -hmm. ceiling and then broke broke 30. one light bulb yeah three cups of coffee three friends <laughs> so we're all, we're all right we're okay should we clink to that yeah we're gonna we do this thing, Ian, where... Bidding. Wow, that was a I good like it. one. That was fantastic. That's why like, you always have to have three people on the show. Yeah. There's like a uh, little trifecta of clinking. We like clink whenever we, uh, you know, make a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> clink. Also, I have a friend who started a company? company called Clink, so I feel like anytime we say clink, we have to pay them TM. some money. Yeah. <laughs> clink. <laughs> patent TM. Pending. Patent pending. <laughs> this show, sponsored by Clink. Oh man, I actually, uh, I actually am wanting to like get to the point where we could maybe be sponsored by a coffee. Like I was, because like um, today we're drinking King Street, and uh, that's um, a Lone Oak coffee. Is the the Lone people who roast roasters. who roast that? And uh, I would love to have them like sponsor us. Like just basically give us like a bag of beans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we can like tell people, hey, go buy their beans. I'm really glad this is King Street. I thought that like I didn't look closely at the cups and mm -hmm. I thought that it was Starbucks on first glance oh. and I was like e. this is coffee talks okay <laughs> yes. we don't we don't do <laughs> and then, Starbucks to be to be fair I drank this and I was like wow I don't remember Starbucks brewed coffee tasting this good <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh Yikes. and now all makes sense <laughs> it makes a lot more sense now yeah no I I, uh, <laughs> I love King Street and uh, this I got us all the house blend today so it's a actually okay so I have to be honest I think it might be mine but um, as I was filling up the coffee, uh, the house blend like ran out. And so I had to like top it off with some Guatemala. And I was like, mm. I don't know if this is going to be an interesting or good taste. It's probably good. I mean, the house blend's already a blend. So it probably has Guatemala in it. Right. Oh, true. You know? So it, I, it might be mine because mine has like a little bit of like a different taste. I mean, mm. did you taste ours? I didn't. 
Is yours guys taste? Does it taste good? Tastes delicious. Mine tastes like a blend. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely. It's definitely <laughs> it a, like a, a, a blend. <laughs> it tastes like a house. Of, <laughs> of be beans. Multiple Are you beans. a coffee drinker? Ian? Like I, crazy? I am. I don't. I don't do a lot of. Uh, I don't do. Let me back up here. I am not the uh, expert in pour overs mm -hmm. or uh, or different brewing methods, but I drink a lot of espresso based drinks. You okay. Like cold brew. I do like cold brew. Because when you come into the shop that I work at, he like gets cold brew That's pretty true. much every time. It's it's either an espresso based drink or cold brew. Yeah. But I don't really strong. I don't really do like pour overs or mm -hmm. things like that, even though I've heard that pour overs are like if you're a real coffee drinker, that's what you do. So I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean <coughs> coffee's I kinda, coffee. Yeah. I kind of feel like there's like phases you go through as like a coffee drinker where you like you get into that phase where you you get like really uh, elitist and you're like only pour overs. Only pour overs. Yeah, and then and then you get to like this place where you're like, hey, if it's good coffee, it's good coffee. It's, yep. I feel like that's where I'm at right now, yeah. where it's like I'll get a pour over and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Or like if I go to a coffee shop, I'll always get a cappuccino because I feel like that's just like a perfect good way gauge. to kind of yeah yeah gauge what they're right. what they're doing. And if they ask me, do you want that small or large? Then right. I know That's that they know. don't—they don't know what they're doing. It's gonna be oh, dry as the Sahara I hate it too. when they're like, "Do you want the large cappuccino?" I'm like, "That's not a cappuccino. It's a latte. That's like man. some sort of weird mix on lattes <laughs> yeah, or yeah. something." It's like, yeah. yeah, that's how you know. Yep. Um, but yeah. But so so that's where <laughs> or, I'm at or in like, my coffee drinking. Or room. like if someone's like, "Hey, do you do you want a macchiato?" And you're like, "Okay." Like what size? Nope. Yep. <laughs> nope. Oh, I have people. There's when one I serve thing them that's in. a macchiato, and it's not the Starbucks macchiato. They expect like caramel in it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like, no, it's it's literally a shot with like yeah. a splash of steam milk. Yeah. Just a splash. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, and the look on their face. I'm like, here you go, and they're oh, like, man. where's the caramel? Where's the caramel? And drizzle? ice uh, and tons of I milk. Asked, I asked for a caramel macchiato, please. Where's the drizzle? I wanted I wanted a venti, please. <laughs> uh. What's a venti? Is that like a truck size coffee, or is that like a truck size? Yeah. What is a venti? Hi. Uh, yes, I would like are a you, bucket. Yeah. Of, are you um, are you like actually asking us, or no, are you no, just no, like no, no, it, okay? This is okay. all rhetorical. This is all part of the bit, Nathan. Yeah. Okay. Got okay. it. Okay. I wasn't sure. Like, <laughs> We're gonna scratch you asked all of that. It, you asked it again, yeah. and I was like, wait, is he at? No. What? Is he at? But guys, like... what's a venti? Oh, good luck. <laughs> Uh, I don't like, know what, what we're do you... I don't know what we're planning on talking about or what the plan here is. Actually, but I do, I, do. I do have I do have a lot of thoughts on Starbucks's naming conventions for their sizes. Okay. Like, why is it that a tall is the smallest one, mm -hmm. and a grande is the medium sized one, and a venti is the biggest one? Like, well, tall well, tall rhymes with small. <laughs> that's how I yeah. remember. And medium okay. rhymes with grande, so that that's what, I think that's why they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, grande. Every anytime, anytime I see like kind of a moderately pro, like a moderately proportioned Grandium. person, I'm like, whoa, that moderately proportioned person is very grande. <laughs> and whenever you see like a huge person, you're like, wow, venti. so venti right now. <laughs> you're like trying to describe someone you saw. Yeah, the the, the so, venti man who yeah. came in. <laughs> it's like venti. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna start using like, that instead of like that. overweight. Yeah, <laughs> this just in. We have an APB on a <laughs> on a venti man <laughs> who, who venti we hear man has uh, who we hear has abducted a tall amount of bank money. <laughs> tall. <laughs> Look for the drizzle. Look You'll for the him. caramel drizzle <laughs> going down the road. What is happening? It's the macchiato know. robbers. No, the macchiato bandits. <laughs> macchiato bandits. Um. Oh man. Okay. Oh well, yeah. 
That's so good. Uh, apologies to everyone Great. who's listening to this and hearing my sick voice as well. Uh, I kind of I'm kinda I find sniff- it kind of sniffling soothing. all over this thing. Well, not the sniffling, but the like, kind of your voice is like really like low and it's nice. Is this, the, is this the time for the Bradley Cooper bit? Um, or is that for later? I don't think I, they want to hear I don't, that. I don't know. I'm so happy to be here with you all. <laughs> I this I really can't like fully moment. appreciate it because this I haven't really, seen the movie. This really feels like I, the moment that we were. I can't even say together. anything because I'm just so starstruck that Bradley Cooper's on our podcast. Thank you right yeah. now. so much. Thank you so much, Maggie. I just really really glad to be here. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you like got stuck <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like kept going up. <clears throat> okay, oh cool. Well, well, uh, we'll return speaking to that. Of Bradley Cooper. You guys got any dad jokes? Oh, so, uh, <laughs> so did you, did you come with distant, one? distant moon, which is my, uh, film production company. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we use Slack a lot for stuff. Uh, it's kind of like streamlit. <laughs> this podcast sponsored by Slack. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so Slack is like a team communication like thing. It's kind of mm. like the best of like Facebook messenger and like Gmail and uh, like kick? file sharing and kind of like everything all smashed into one. WhatsApp. And yeah, yeah, WhatsApp. It's like MySpace, uh-huh. but uh, but not dead. Not as cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, and you can like install these little like plugins to the app. Mm-hmm. And so we have a plugin called I Can Has Dad Joke. And nice. <laughs> nice. And so anytime that you like have a plugin installed in this app, all you have to do is do like a forward slash and then like whatever the keyword is for that plugin. Okay. And it like triggers whatever the plugin functionality is in the in the app. And so all you have to do is type forward slash dad joke and it automatically sends a dad joke what? to whoever's in that chat. That's, That's so amazing. Cool. So that sounds like Reddit, like how you can have like yeah. the thingy and then you do like the thing. It kind of sounds like Reddit. Computer stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like Reddit and MySpace and WhatsApp and Facebook <laughs> Messenger and Google Drive and Dropbox and Box. And, <laughs> Box. And, we should make a website called Box. There is a, there's, there is a sh- file sharing website called Box. Oh, really? And, uh, and it's like aim and it's like Ooh, yahoo AIM. mail and it's like i was I, watching the and uh, it's like i'll just keep going on until you guys are ready to... I, i'm ready okay cool. well i was watching the uh, it reminded me of the 2000s documentary on netflix yeah 2000 space odyssey no. yeah was i in it <laughs> <laughs> different documentary <laughs> yeah that was um, actually all true well that here's here's happened. uh here's a dad joke that i've got for you guys i don't know if you actually have one or not but i've got one for you okay you ready i don't th- wait hold on Okay, you ready now? Um, okay, yeah, um, I'm ready. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Ian's walking out of the room. Oh, he's checking his phone. Okay. Um, here we go. Here Bye, we go. Ian. Ready? What does a panda use to make pancakes? Um, a panda. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. We're going to do it. Oh, gonna, do, you, do, gonna, do it on the app yeah, and see what, see what comes up. Jokes. <clears throat> Probably not in that thread because that's with a claim. Maggie, what do you call a man with no shins? Um, paralyzed. Tony. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. I didn't get it at first. Tony. When I, yeah. <laughs> Tushini. <laughs> that was good. You got one, Ian? Here it is. I'm trying to think of one. Oh, I seem to be offline. It doesn't work if I'm offline. Oh, bummer. Oh, that sucks. Wait, is that a joke? No. Oh. <laughs> Although it could be a dad joke, right? Oh, did I already say the duck one? Okay. The Here. feathers? Yeah. I said that last last time. Oh, you guys, that's where I heard that. Yeah. You guys oh just God, stop me whenever you're done with these, but I can I have like Give me ten, one. Ten or, I've got like 10 of them. 
So here we go. What did the traffic light say to the car as it passed? I don't, I don't know. Don't look. I'm changing. <laughs> they get worse. You ready? Oh, no. Two peanuts were walking down the street. One was salted. Or one was assaulted. Well, I ruined oh, that. Oh, man. That would have been <laughs> Yeah, that would have been great. How many apples grow on a tree? I don't know. How many? <laughs> we're just like silent. All of them grow on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> the way you looked at me, you said, are you, you an idiot? idiot? What type of music do balloons hate? Um, Pop. Hey! Oh, that's good. Yeah, Got you him. Go. Okay. Well, speaking of dad stuff, uh oh, Ian, you're a dad. I am a dad. Um, <laughs> uh, Ian, you're a daddy. I'm a. I. I'm. <laughs> you can just call me daddy. Okay. Uh, can I just call you daddy the rest of the podcast? I. Uh, you can call me dad or father. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Maggie's gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> People They're... are dropping left and right <laughs> on this podcast. It's not the first time I've made Maggie are... leave oh. <laughs> or want to leave. Uh, I would, yeah, I would no, prefer. I want to um, leave every week. No. <laughs> so, I would prefer that I'm referenced as father. Okay, Fa- father Reed. Father Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, Brethren. Okay, so for the people who don't know, father. Ian, like he said, uh, has distant. Uh, you own Distant Moon, mm-hmm. um, which is a media production company, right? Mm-hmm. Or just production company, I guess is what. You yeah, call like it. a. I mean, you could say media production. I mean, what we what we do is film production. Yeah. So we're mainly just a film production company right Again now. With the. Oh, so disgusting. I couldn't hold it. I'm really sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she did it last time, too. Anyways, um, okay, so, yeah, so media production, and um, how long have you, how long has that been a thing? Uh, 45 years. Wow. <laughs> so, your father before you owned it? <laughs> so, uh, no, so uh, Distant Moon, uh, it was something that I uh, was kind of working on uh as this kind of like little pet project while i was in college and yeah i think i kind of started thinking about doing a production company even back in high school uh and then i officially started the company like it became like a, a legal entity uh-huh. uh when uh when i co-founded it with a friend of mine in 2014 okay cool so it's been its own like living breathing thing for i guess uh five years now yeah so for so people <clears throat> should go check it out on instagram um distant moon hq right is your guys yeah, so name? our instagram is distant moon hq uh same facebook distant moon hq on facebook yeah or maybe it's just distant moon on facebook and myspace uh, or yeah on myspace uh aim. we ac- we actually own myspace oh, so wow, okay. yeah yeah sweet uh on aim uh, you can find us as I can has dad joke. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, and our website's uh, distantmoonmedia.com. Cool, cool. Yeah, because um, like there's been a lot of like notable projects that you've worked on, right? Like or a handful that. I mean, you did that I, one video for um, that one but, artist Butler. I think it was butter, like I think butter butter butter, butter, yeah. butter, and it was falling falling up falling yeah. down. Yeah, that's it. Uh, something about swirling around. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Something about yeah giving me a swirly. Yeah. Oh my. God. We went. We went to the ocean, so there was water involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah, we no, we produced that was fun. we produced a music video for the one and only Butler, <laughs> and that was a blast. Yeah. It was a uh, a whirlwind. <laughs> it was the craziest day of my life. You guys should talk about it. Talk it, about it right it now. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean. 
I remember you called me on like a Thursday or something. Yeah. Well, because so like for those who don't know what the film production life is like, it's it's very much like go, 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 go. And then something will fall through. And then you suddenly have like two days of free time. Yeah. And it's like, am I going to just like relax in that free time? Or do I like pull out a project that's kind of on the on the wish list of I really want to do this, but I just have to find the time. Yeah. And you and I had been talking about doing a music video collaboration for what, like honestly, like three years yeah. or four years. Yeah. Um, probably like before I started Distant Moon, we mm. had been like talking about it, uh, and we had just like come, like I had just been in like essentially like three or four months of like nonstop productions. And then I think something like fell through in that kind of like one or two week stretch. Yeah. And it was just like, dude, are you free this Friday? Yeah, <laughs> let's just like, let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And we had been like going back and forth on like, are we going to do it on this track or on this track? Mm. Uh, and I think we were leaning toward uh, the other, which track were we leaning toward? Innocence. Uh, <clears throat> I thought we were always leaning towards looking down. There was there was a different track that we were Take talking me back about. maybe, I was scared. It was one of the faster up like upbeat ones. Oh, anyway, never bored. Never bored. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were talking about doing never bored. Yeah. But then like the more that I thought about the logistics of that one and like what we would want to do mm-hmm. creative wise to like yeah. make that come to life, like the only way that I saw that was like. I really want to do like a circular dolly track yes, and just like, I remember and, like that it idea. was going to be this like VFX like mashup where you're like suddenly there and then not there. And then there are like five of you like in the background and it yeah. was just going to be like a nonstop circular right. rotation around you so for, the, cool. for the entire track. And then we were like, yeah, but that's going to cost like $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how detailed we get financially. We didn't have $8,000. <laughs> to uh, to pull off this video, yeah. um, and so it was kind of like, well, what would we do if we didn't do this track? And what are the other tracks we feel really strongly about? And the other track that I was like, that I actually liked more than Never Bored, uh, but was like struggling with like how do we like how do we make it kind of creatively yeah. something that that we can really like dig into, right? Uh, Dude, I forget the name. <laughs> What's looking down. Looking, looking down, down. That's yeah. right. Uh, falling up. Yeah, falling, falling up. Like was looking was looking down, <laughs> and um, and so like we were like, okay, let's not do never board. We're gonna do looking down, and then it was like a twenty four hour period of like finalizing the creative. Like, okay, what like what are the core ideas that we want to communicate? Yeah. Like, what are the kind of like visual things that we definitely want? Yeah. And then everything else was just kind of like filling in the pieces in that yeah. like twenty four hour period, and then we left at like midnight because mm-hmm. I was finishing post on another project I think that day <laughs> yep. and we left at like midnight drove like six hours to the shore because we went Assateague to Assateague Island, Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shot from like 4.50 until like noon to get yeah. kind of sunrise and early morning light yep. and we shot till noon drove up went to this like really kind of cool little diner uh, so fun got horrible good tasting horrible for you food uh will lemon was there with us yep and he was like a trooper through the whole thing (laughs) yeah will's great uh and uh then we 
Then we went to Starbucks. Went to Starbucks. And you were offloading. I was offloading stuff. I just remember being like, I didn't feel like I was a lot. Like I was like floating around. <laughs> yeah, you were. I, I, was, I was. I was so actually worried about you. Dead. <laughs> I was. Like, I was like, he might pass out. He might pass away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might die. <laughs> like, he might die. He might be looking down on us. Yes. <laughs> 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 no. Oh. oh my gosh. Um, I've never felt. <laughs> pain like the pain in my eyes <laughs> that's that's right Do you remember that you couldn't keep your eyes i couldn't open. open my eyes i don't know what it was like i've never had During this happen filming? to me yes yeah because it was really bright on the beach and like i think the fact that he <laughs> hadn't slept and the fact that it was really bright and maybe like yeah. some of the ocean like mist in the air yeah he was literally like my eyes are burning i literally can't even keep my eyes open for this take I, and i was just like well, dude, I don't know what to say. <laughs> we have to finish getting these shots or yeah. we're not going to have the music video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like this, it was this like tough thing where you were like, dude, I don't like, like I want to keep pushing through, yeah. but like, I don't know how to keep pushing through right, yeah. and I can't keep my eyes open. And I was like, I, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I just like strong arm him and force him to do something he can't do? You're or like, do, get I, do I play like Mr. Nice Guy? Like... Yeah. Like, so suddenly, Mr. Bean. so that's when it turned in from like a heartfelt music video into the Stanley Kubrick eyes wide shut moment where the toothpicks are oh in the yeah, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. You guys are so lucky though that it didn't, like what if you got there and it just started pouring down rain? And you had driven through That's all true. the night. I think I think we had like sucked. looked at the weather forecast. Yeah, and, like, we, we were, made sure, and we were like sure that it was at least gonna like not rain. Yeah, um, that's good. But yeah, so then we then we shot it. We it was like we also after after Starbucks and that kind of like four hour break, we went back around two, and then shot again from like two to what eight. Yeah, and then we all drove, the way till sundown. Yeah, and then we drove back from about like eight o'clock and got back at like one in the morning so it was like truly like a 25 hour yeah round trip deal Dang. it was insanity and then post post so was pretty fun. smooth it was just like kind of like did a did a cut you gave your notes did yeah. another cut uh you like signed off on it i sent it to one of my buddies who does a lot of vfx work in la yeah and he like did a lot of kind of like silent non-noticeable vfx work mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times when i say it was a pretty vfx heavy piece people are like what yeah like how is that a vfx heavy piece right and it's like well there's a lot of like cutting together of different shots and sequences a lot of layering and That's yeah there's a lot of compositing involved uh things start moving as you get through the video mm -hmm. uh things start moving in ways that they just physically can't in real life um like Nathan is rotating at one speed, yeah, the background's yeah. rotating at a different speed. Super cool. There's like a kind of long take in the middle of the video that starts with him sitting, pans over, he's standing there on the beach, pans over more, and now it's like in a close-up on him. That was like three or four different shots that were stitched together. Uh, so, <clears throat> pretty so sweet. Cool. So it looks so cool. And so it was, it's the type of thing where it's like, I think a lot of people didn't get it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I think a lot of people, like, I, I saw like two distinct cat camps of people. There were like people who, uh, like a lot of a lot of people who I think are kind of like in the the fan kind of following of Butler, mm -hmm. who are just like this is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then there were like a lot of people, maybe I think in the film world, who were like, well, that was that was pretty cool. And then like a lot of other people just like I think didn't quite get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you what know? do you mean? Like, well, because it was just like 
so like for me it was like a very therapeutic piece mm-hmm. uh and because like like i said i had just come off of like three or four months of like really intense production work like yeah. we had like we had done like a a huge like across the country documentary shoot for a pretty big client and then like two weeks after that we had done this like uh week-long stretch for hillsong and then like after that we had done like so cool. two or three other like really like intense projects and so it was just like if i'm going to do the project you know with you in that kind of 24-hour like shoot like i wanted it to be something that when we poured ourselves into it creatively it would be like healing because mm-hmm. i felt like the song was something that was uh i mean it's clearly a song about you dealing with loss in your life mm-hmm. and it was something that i felt was in in some part like a healing tool for you mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i hoped that the track and the music video itself could have a tone and an atmosphere that felt therapeutic to people when they watched it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, the process was therapeutic as well. Uh, and so it was kind of this, the, the, like the whole package I think was something where, uh, where it was never meant to be like this kind of like big flashy, like frames type project. Yeah. I mean like in, in the film industry, there's this like joke hashtag frames mm-hmm. because it's like all about like, I mean, so much it seems like with Instagram culture and all that, there's like this huge emphasis on just like every, like the whole thing that matters is just putting up the coolest frame you can, the mm. coolest image you can, make it look like you're doing something huge. Yeah. And like for this project, it was like, I kind of wanted to like sink into that idea of like, it's not huge. There are like three of us shooting it. Mm. And that's what makes it so it's amazing. Not, and it's not flashy. Mm. It's it's like it's slow it moves slowly yeah. and like you sit on shots for like 30 seconds sometimes and and like I knew with like even as I was editing it I was like like that shot we're going to lose like 10% of viewers right there hmm. you know and this other shot oh there goes 30 more percent you know cuz like you just know the way like people watch especially music videos or commercials or like anything online it's like you know like by a certain point in a video like you're losing x percentage of your viewers yeah. until like once you're halfway through like 20% of people who started it are still watching it, you know? Yeah. And so like, I knew that most people just wouldn't get it would be like, why are we on these shots so long? But I think for the people that did like really connect with it, the hope was that as you're like kind of going this kind of slow pace in this, like each shot for me was like kind of sinking into that moment on the beach and like hearing and feeling the water Mm. and feeling Mm. like the air around us and like, getting the slow push in you know on uh you know whether it's on your face or like on the on the ocean itself or you know whatever it was i wanted to take time because i think there's this i mean dude i'm gonna just ramble on in film editing there's this i love this there's this theory (laughs) about how people uh subconsciously engage with the way that you edit Hmm. and if you look at modern film editing the average length of a clip is two seconds or less. Wow. Uh, That's so short. People are used to like shot, 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 shot. And if it's like a film trailer, it's like even more than that. It's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You know, it's like, it's, it's, and it's all, you usually, you usually stutter the edit and there's, there's like another kind of theory in film editing uh, that, I mean, goes by a lot of different names. I call it the short, short, long, which is, in the same way that with music, 
when you have like a beat in a rhythm mm -hmm. if you're if every single note is just like on that quarter beat you know yeah it's like it's not interesting so like what's the right. thing that adds interest it's varying the length and duration of the notes right and you have to have short notes and then you have to have long notes in the same way that in cinematography you have to have shadows and darkness and you have to have light in order for it to be an interesting image mm -hmm. you have to have negative space and you have to have positive space in a composition there's wow. always this like duality between the thing and the lack of the thing and so in the same thing with editing you have to have short quick and then you have to have long to counterbalance it mm -hmm. and that's what like creates the ebb and flow and in like movement through a piece and for this piece uh, I wanted to kind of push the boundaries of, of what that was so there are very few I mean there's still segments where we go short short long yeah uh, but there's a lot less of it and I leaned more into this other theory which is that when you hold a shot for uh, let's say like the typical two seconds that gives the viewer the time to process what's happening in the shot and then to move on to the next shot and so the viewer only stays in this process of like comprehension mm -hmm. and and you're just as a viewer following boom okay boom okay boom okay and you're like seeing like you're basically being fed this like roller coaster of movement yeah and <clears throat> what this theory of editing says is if you hold it past that kind of like two seconds or one second or whatever and let's say you hold it to like five seconds you get to you get past comprehension into uh analysis and thinking about the shot hmm. and so you get into like two seconds okay comprehension three four five six seconds is you're thinking about okay well like what's like what's the purpose of this shot why is this shot so here? important and then if you get like past that kind of like five or six second mark and these times are kind of like variable and relative and i'm not sure exactly what like the actual like time amount is but this is just kind of for the purpose of the of the discussion like if you get past like five or six seconds you start getting to this point and maybe it's 10 seconds but you start getting to this point where like the the person who's watching it their brain starts going like okay like i've got it come on let's yeah. like let's move on and yeah. you, you get to this point of boredom mm. uh and and that's usually something that like a filmmaker doesn't want you don't want the per the person watching to get that point of boredom mm -hmm. but what certain like people who've studied film editing have found is if you push past through that point of boredom and get to like 20 seconds or 30 seconds like the mind like switches back on Dang. and like so to recap like first second or two comprehension next like several seconds is like an analysis after that is boredom but if you push through that boredom you get to this point where they're actually they, the mind starts going wait we've been on this shot for a long time yeah, yeah. like why yeah. And then you start like looking for things, whether consciously or yeah. subconsciously, and you yeah. start like noticing, oh, look at that seagull. Or you go like, hmm. oh, like listen to the waves. Hmm. Or like you start like looking at the texture of the sand, or you start looking at like that shot of you on the side, like laying and looking up, like, oh, dude, like this, the way his legs are kind of like bent like that, it's kind of this cool like pyramid type shape. And it's yeah. like, you know, or, or like look at the negative space in the comp. And so like you start like, so cool. you start picking up all these things that like you wouldn't have ever noticed if you were just doing like the kind of typical like two seconds or less like editing. Yeah. And like the way that I kind of stumbled across this theory of film editing and this like analysis of like how the mind processes an edit is uh, I think it was swiss television swiss public television uh started doing like i don't know like eight years ago they stumbled across this idea of doing like one long uncut uh tv experience where they literally just put like 20 cameras on a train what? 
and the train travels from like one side of the country like across the european continent yeah and like i don't know if it like ends in like i don't know if it ends in the uk or like if it ends in france or where it ends yeah but they found out that like just essentially doing essentially no like kind of aesthetic editing just like cutting from one thing holding on that for like five minutes then cut to a different camera angle and like hold on that for 10 minutes Mm. and it's like 40 hours like they just it's like a long an uncut stream 40 hours long and it became the most popular thing on their public television network and people filming people on a train not not filming people just filming the landscape and the train like moving through the landscape wow that's amazing And, and that's when they started realizing wait there's like people actually for some reason connect with this like I, I can't remember the term they use, but it's something like non-narrative uh, documentary storytelling or something. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's almost like reality. Yeah. People were like, feel like they're there. Yeah. Because and, our lives aren't quick cuts right. of yeah. like segments. And, yeah. and I think what they found is like people like long for this like connection to something that's not like, that doesn't feel like they're being like force fed like clip by clip, mm-hmm. but where they can kind of live in the, in the moments. And they would have, they would have millions of people either uh, just keeping their TVs on or being logged into the live feed on YouTube and like people just like sitting there watching a train move through like the Swiss countryside or through the French countryside or whatever. And, uh, and that's how I kind of stumbled on this idea of like, you know, there, there's something about the human mind. If you can get past those first like few seconds of boredom, Mm -hmm. you can, you start like realizing things about the the thing you're watching uh that maybe you wouldn't have realized otherwise yeah and so that's what that's what i wanted to explore in the video and that's why there are a lot of like long shots Mm -hmm. at the end of the video it like picks up and gets a little bit more like typical like quick cuts yeah uh but especially in the kind of the beginning and middle you know i think there are some shots we held for like 30 or 40 seconds Mm. and it just was kind of like it felt like a respite and like a step back from uh i mean most of what I produce mm. you know yeah interesting and, and i felt like it was a fitting it was fitting to try to make it uh something that was almost kind of healing and relaxing in terms of the approach to the edit mm-hmm. uh considering that the the song itself is about healing and coming to grips with right loss in your life yeah and so i that's why i was you know really yeah. excited about being able to do that so yeah i was i was like so <laughs> happy with it i was like couldn't be more proud of it and happy and i just felt like we did a really good really good job of conveying like what the song you know conveyed to yeah like visually because yeah. like you conveying something through audio like alone is something completely different than conveying something through a visual aspect you know right. too and and so yeah that was like really cool um i wanted to also like talk to you because like something maggie and i talk about a lot is like obviously being artists being you know i'm sorry are you we're artists are you not are you assuming my (laughs) occupation (laughs) how dare you well i I identify as an artist i don't know about you but (laughs) occupational identity yeah yeah but uh maggie and i talk a lot because we're in two kind of completely different seasons of like like she's you know not married not even dating anybody at least not that i know of um but like in Totally kidding. I'm and, um, as far as you know, <laughs> and uh, I like I don't know who's in her DMs right now, but um, but yeah, so so she's in this place and she's working at a coffee shop, you know, and and doing music, and I'm doing music stuff too, but I'm married and 
you know, working like a job that has like benefits and stuff, you know? So it's just like two different seasons that we're kind of in. And we have like a lot of really good conversation about, about that. But I know Maggie, like one day wants to probably be married. Right. You know, we oh talked yeah. about that. Like, definitely. and, and so like one of the things that I've always like been inspired about how you have, um, like worked in your, worked your career to where you're not to like, you started your own company you know and it's still like it's thriving i would say like and there's you probably would be the first person to say there's a lot more to go like there's a lot more to come um probably more yeah. that you want to take it to right to a yeah. new level um which is good which is amazing should yeah always be gross which is what you, we should that. be doing right yeah. yeah um but how do you like how have you found um the balance of balancing like you know work family life especially being a dad being a husband and traveling as much as you do um like i want to know how much like how how do you balance it currently and then also like how did you and your wife like kind of justify starting this thing mm. you know and being like we are all in on this yeah and um yeah so yeah i mean so the Cause like I need advice. <laughs> I'm asking for your advice. How did you do this? Cause I don't know how to do it. I, so I don't, I don't think I have advice. Uh, <clears throat> I think what I can do is I can give like a stream of conscious, uh, yeah. conscious. Wow. A stream of consciousness, <laughs> uh, kind of just through like where we are on that process and like how we've gotten to where we are and yeah. kind of all of that. Uh, because like so like the that whole that question of work life balance is like the hardest thing. Yeah. Uh, and I I like I, I don't know if it's just for like I don't know if it's just like mainly in like creative and artistic fields or if it's really like a just like the struggle for everybody. Sure. And I think I think it might be like just the struggle for everybody. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I mean like so Yetta Yetta is my wife, mm -hmm. uh, and we. You know, I think we started talking about, you know, what does work-life balance look like, uh, you know, back when we first started dating. Because, like, I knew from the beginning that, that the filmmaking life was going to be very taxing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, like, if you look at, I mean, like, if you look at, like, it's hard to ignore, like, the statistics of... of divorce rates and broken families and drug abuse and alcoholism and just like just self-destructive tendencies of people a in the arts of any kind yeah. and b like in filmmaking specifically mm -hmm. really uh i mean like <clears throat> i think i think like in hollywood like there's kind of this thought that like divorce is the is like the the kind of thing that you just expect to happen at some point hmm. Uh, wow. and that's obviously, I mean, that's something that I didn't ever have as like an option in my mind right, yeah. and that yet I would never have as an option in her mind. Mm -hmm. And so from like the very beginning, I think our conversation was like, how do we, you know, how do we figure out how to like walk through what's going to be like a probably pretty difficult balancing act mm -hmm. and, and like prioritize a, our relationships with God our relationships with each other hmm. uh, and then see like our relationships with our children if we have children eventually yeah uh, fast forward 
spoiler we've got three kids (laughs) (laughs) how long have you guys been married uh we have been married since 2013 we got married on in may of 2013 cool uh and yeah and so i mean it's been like i it's been like a a long conversation that started you know from when we first talked about like hey will you go out with me and then like hey let's like become boyfriend and girlfriend yeah. uh and like at that point is like when the conversation began uh wow and i think the conversation has like evolved but it hasn't like stopped you mm-hmm. know and I, I imagine it probably will never stop um and i think i mean the hope obviously is that we're in a better place now than we were last year and you know that last year was hopefully a better place than the year yeah. before but <clears throat> it's still like there are still really hard times you know yeah. uh not not like relationally but just in terms of like how how do you find that balance um because you know the reality is like when you're traveling you know when you're traveling uh you know half or more than half the month like how like how do you share the the load of like raising children or right. how do you share the load of like taking care of the home or things like that um, or even just having a relationship with each other. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. That isn't like a quick FaceTime call right. in between a shoot or right, right. You know, whatever. And and I think like what we're what we're f- figuring out is probably like not an answer that works for anybody else, other mm-hmm. than like like it's it's frustrating. I think to hear like, oh, you have to like figure it out for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think that's what like we what we've discovered, and we've read lots of books on like the love languages and like how to like ch- how to cherish your spouse and build into your relationship mm-hmm. it takes per- work <laughs> it, take, it takes work yeah, uh and it takes like you know we i would say that i make more mistakes than yetta does uh in terms of like finding the proper balance because mm-hmm. i mean man when i think about when i think about yetta like i think whew, she's like pretty much perfect <laughs> and i'm Aww. like i'm like the most flawed like person and i like i get like priorities misaligned and i like yeah. i'm late for things a lot and it's just like you know probably like in my mind it would be probably pretty tough to be married to me like <laughs> i wouldn't want to be married to me yeah. so i feel blessed that she is willing to like work through it and like put up with hmm. kind of like the challenging sides of of me as a as a person to be married to but <laughs> I'm not even married yet. Yeah. I feel that way. Uh, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, like if I was to like, if I was to like that, that all sounds like struggle and negative and it's not all struggle and negative. Like yeah. it, it's, I mean, there's a lot of like, just, I think real, what we've realized is like, if you can like really dig into like the moments that aren't insane and aren't crazy mm-hmm. and really try to like go as, as, above and beyond as you can into like pouring into and investing in like the moments that aren't like traveling or like on insane deadlines and try to make the most of i mean like scripture says redeem the time because the days are evil or in other translations like make the most of your time because the days are evil or mm-hmm. you know yeah. what whatever the translation like there's that idea of like make the most of each moment of your life yeah and i think like putting that in the context of like marriage and family it's like the same thing, but just applied in that very specific way. Yeah. It's like, I think <clears throat> what I'm learning and what I'm trying to do, and I think what we are like discovering together uh, is like the more we can invest and pour into like the moments that we have, mm-hmm. like that's where life is. And like the more that I work, the more I realize like, yeah, I still have like dreams and visions for my, for my career. Mm. But a lot of times, like when I'm doing that work, like I'm also thinking like, man, this stuff just doesn't matter as much as hmm. 
like my four-year-old and my two-year-old and my oh. nine-month-old <laughs> yeah. and my wife yeah. and my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I've been, and like, it's something that I'm constantly thinking about. Like, <clears throat> am I spending like the proper balance? Like, is the time that I'm spending uh, in the correct relation to its value in terms, in terms of eternal significance? Hmm. And, Dang. and that balances i don't think the i don't think i've ever quite gotten that balance right and i think sometimes i'm closer to it and sometimes i'm further away from it but Mm. i think that like our mindset at least is is hopefully constantly trying to push towards a proper alignment of the way we spend our time and the way we invest in each other in our children in our relationships with the lord yeah uh to bring those things into like the proper alignment in terms of like their, their, their eternal value. Hmm. And so that's like kind of a non-answer to your question yeah. because it's like, it, it, at the end, it's like, I don't think that we have like a, a definite answer other than that. Like it's constant. I think it's constantly working through it. It's constantly having a dialogue about, you know, how are we doing? Are we still on the right track or have hmm. we like slid in backwards right, a little yeah. bit or like, you know, where are we? Yeah. And just making sure that like, at every moment that we have an opportunity to, and this is something that I try to think about a lot, is like at every moment that I have an opportunity to, am I trying to make it clear that I that I love Yetta and that I love our children, mm-hmm. and that we're like pushing that like I'm pushing as hard as I can to like not that I mean, so like there's there's this thing like I think someone can be like proud of you for the work that you're doing, mm-hmm. but also not feel like you're investing enough in the people in relationships that truly matter Hmm. and so like there's this concern i that i personally have and i think there's like a a a concern that filmmakers or musicians or artists in general should have which is like doing a good thing like pursuing you know creating beautiful art or beautiful work or trying to like change the culture or like whatever like those are really good things of course but if those happen at the expense of the the people that God has placed in your life to mm. love and serve mm. and to uh, cherish yeah. that good thing is not a good thing, mm. you know, cause like, it's not, that's not what the priority should be. That yeah. should be the secondary priority. And I think that that's, I mean, I think that it's hard no matter what f- career you're in or what field you're in to realize that like your vocation while important, like the, at the moment that you have a family uh, or at the moment that you have a spouse, like, that vocation uh, shouldn't be the preeminent thing. Yeah. Uh, because, <clears throat> I mean, our vocations shift and change throughout our life, you know? Yeah. So, like, when you're a single person, your vocation might be uh, to, to build, you know, a career or to, you know, serve others in missions or to, like, serve the community in some way or whatever. And that might be, like, the primary thing to which you're called. But, like, as you, like, add more people or more things, like, your vocation naturally needs to morph and adjust and change to to the circumstances in your life hmm. and i think that your vocationally like career needs to move into like you know under the vocation of like serving your family and, hmm. and your spouse uh and that's that's like a i think that's like a hard transition for a lot of people to make it's definitely a hard transition uh that i've been you know working through for for years yeah and i think that like making sure that you have that proper mindset is is like the struggle yeah um Nice. And, and it's, how it, do you like how do you feel like that that applies to you like <clears throat> without a like spouse i mean you have a family obviously but like without a spouse kids <laughs> or something like that right now like i was just thinking when he was saying that i was just thinking about how do you feel like that applies to you 
as a single person yeah do you feel like it's your relationship with the lord it's um, like i mean uh, of course that's always like something that i deal with even now like before having a ton on my plate as far as priorities go i mean like my life is literally like music leading worship and then like work yeah i guess work whatever no, i'm just kidding um, <laughs> being a barista takes up so much of my time anyways um no but like i mean yeah my relationship with the lord is is definitely like priority number one um but my family like I, i'm at such like an awkward age right now i feel like because i'm pretty much independent but i'm still living at home so like i take care of my car and my phone and like all that stuff and it's like i'm at this like point where i'm like i really want to get out of here like because i i feel like kind of like a freeloader in my house sometimes because like yeah. i don't even sleep here very often like i wasn't mm. even home last night like i crashed in leesburg and then it's like i just am like never home and so um <laughs> we say that as we're like at my house right now uh <laughs> but it's like um i feel like my friends as well um like my siblings are my best friends so like my sister i love to just spend time with her and let her um like i always want her to know that i'm you know there for her if she ever wants to like come and talk to me and she does and i'm like so grateful for that that she feels like she can like trust me and tell me things in her life and i can pray for her and like it's it's so rad like i'm so thankful for that because she's like freaking 13 she's like so cool and i always tell him like oh, gosh when i was 13 i was like nathan knew me when i was 13 i like was not cool um but and then like my brother it's like you know we like really connect on like humor and like um just like doing cool like artistic stuff together and so um i just love both of them and there are people in my life right now that god has shown me like these are the people that you need to like make yeah. time for right and yeah. so even right now as i'm talking I'm, like kind of guilty i'm like ah i need to like <laughs> be more um like take more initiative and be more um what's the word i'm looking for like intentional uh, yeah yeah intentional and just being intentional with them um and, like obviously like my parents um and but yeah my friends just yeah yeah i mean i don't have a spouse or a boyfriend or anything so it's like i, I remember though like it's kind of cool I remember being the exact same like seat like yeah. season and and was doing the exact same thing like mm -hmm. coming home super late and like never really being here and you know and like my mom was joking with me like right before I got married that she was like yeah it's not really gonna change like you don't I don't really see you that much anyways and yeah. I, I was like I felt really bad when she said that but um <laughs> I mean it's just and, I'm gonna be 20 in May yeah and it's like which is weird because I feel like I'm like 15 still um but it's like I <laughs> like I was, it's funny because like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm like 23 or 24 and I'm 29 <laughs> are you really yeah okay yeah. I thought you were like 23 or, tw or I thought you were like 25 like Nathan's age yeah. so 24 yeah you're 24 right yeah, yeah. 20, I'll be 25 next yeah. month in a month yeah, yeah. 20, you said 25 mm -hmm. yet and I agreed that 25 is like the best age we've we've had so really? far yeah. really yeah, I feel love, like love 25 why why is it so because you're like right in the middle of 20s it's like you're nowhere close to your 30s and there, there's like yeah. there's like unlimited like you're gonna still live forever you know yeah. like there's not that sense of like life is finite and like yeah by the time like when i hit, it's weird when i hit 27 it was like there was this like mental like i didn't make this happen yeah but there was like this mental shift that happened or somewhere like in the middle of my 27th year where it was like i'm an adult crap i'm gonna die like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna die like Dude, I could that's so depressing. Like, I could die 
any time in the next yeah, like 70 sure. years. Yeah. Like if I live a really long life, I've got 70 years left, you know, yeah. like yeah. if I lived in 97 yeah. and that, so like, and it was like, crap, like, yeah. I, like you, like, and there was this like realization, like, whoa, I've like at best, like at best case scenario lived like a quarter or more of my life at that point. Dang. And, and it's like, that's weird. Whoa. Am I, well, that's, am yeah. I accomplishing what I need to accomplish? Am I yeah. investing in the people that I need to invest in? Is my relationship with the Lord, right? <laughs> and yeah. it's like, and there's this like existential crisis. Like I can only imagine, like you always hear about the midlife crisis, like in your, oh in like forties or fifties or sixties. Yeah. It's a real thing. And it's like, crap. If it's bad at like 25 to 27, yeah. I cannot imagine. <laughs> what, like, like when you get to 60 and you're like, what am I doing? Like I've lost <laughs> half of my friends now. Yeah. You know, like people die in their sixties all the time. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. I think like, it's like every year that I, that I get older, like 29 still young, like by all standards, sure. 29s are the new twenties. I, I mean, by all standards, like twenties through the thirties are like the, like the, the prime of your life. Yeah. But like the existential, like, uh, I guess like fear of like, I don't want to waste like yeah. any of my life, like really set in around like mid, like after 25, Yeah, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, what is, uh, what's something like, what's a project coming up for you that like you're really, really excited about uh, for people to go check out when it's done? Yeah. Uh, we are, so we're in distant moons in development on a pretty cool, uh, feature, a, two feature length documentaries that were uh in early development on uh i don't actually think that i can say what those are specifically about yet okay, okay. uh so those are those are going to be cool those are going to be i mean there's going to be a multi-year process uh each one of them will probably take about uh two years between a year and a half and two wow. years uh so people won't see that for a few years yeah uh wow. we're gearing up to shoot some commercials for the fbi which is going to be fun Wow, they have uh, commercials. They're about to. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's about. Awesome. A boot. They're about, about to. They're a bit too. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. And then, uh, yeah, we're kind of in the process of of uh, of trying to figure out like what our balance of like passion projects for this year is going to be mm -hmm. uh, with like all the commercial work, um, and one of kind of one of the big feature docs is kind of like looking like something that that we want to really pour some time and effort into uh in in terms of like the fact that it serves a a really important kind of social cause hmm. that that is happening right now in a country that's not the United States uh and so you know i think that we we're figuring out like to to what extent you know, are we willing to just kind of like pour our time into that project? Yeah. Uh, regardless of like, you know, whether there's budget to be paid for it and things like that. Hmm. Um, but then we're also kind of, we're in the process of actively developing several kind of narrative shorts. And uh, we're, uh, we, for the last several months have taken kind of a break from music videos, but I think we're looking at gearing back up and, and re-beginning uh, music videos. Um, really? Mm -hmm. What do you think? 
<laughs> Interesting. Interesting. We'll have to find you a couple yeah. artists yeah. who could. Uh, I wonder if there's anyone you would want to work with. There's any new songs? I can't. Coming out. Here's the problem: is I can't think of anyone I want to work with right now. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Nobody has eight thousand dollars. No one has like. No one has. Like, <laughs> it has to be eight. Needed to okay. form my day what do you think? Uh, like, do you feel like music videos are still? I don't know, like as powerful as they used to be. Oh, for sure not. No. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, think they are. I don't think they are. Not. No, <laughs> I mean, like really the, the music video heyday was like the '80s and '90s. Yeah. Uh, when like every like every up and coming band had like a million dollar budget for their music videos. Mm. Uh, Good and, lord. And and what? now I mean now like even major artists like so like we we shot. Uh, there was a there was a music video that we shot uh for like an up and coming like pretty big artist James whatever James T James TW yeah. yeah and like he was with you know he's with Island Records he was with like wow. which is with which is like a division of Def Jam uh, Def Jam right yeah is it the division of Def Jam or I thought it was I'm a division of the Universal thingy. Music Group I don't um, know I'm not sure <laughs> anyway actually. big record label uh up and coming like artists who uh, I mean, like he every year he's got like he didn't ever have like a huge breakout moment, but like it's been like progressive. He's yeah, been you're progressively right, getting bigger, uh, and and like you know for an artist like that, you kind of like expect okay the the, the label is gonna like pour like a bunch of money into it. Yeah, I mean I don't think I can say what the specific budget was, but it was like it's like surprising. You're like oh you know surprisingly like, a lot or a little no like surprisingly not a lot like okay. Like the type of the, and I and I think like what you find is like even with like up and coming like artists who like the label is hoping are gonna get big, mm -hmm. or even with established artists like there's just, like the economics of music videos just isn't like what it was yeah. back in like the '90s and now like I hear from I hear from like big like big music video directors who do like huge artists that it's like oh yeah like we could barely afford to get like people paid hmm. you know and wow. it's just and it's just like that's just kind of how it is yeah. yeah. I don't, do you, know, I don't know why that is. But. Is it because everything is so saturated, do you think? It, mi it might be. Like the industry itself <laughs> has grown so it, much. Like everything is accessible. I think it's, I think it's one, everybody who's ever picked up a camera can call themselves a filmmaker. Right. And so that's like the, de like the, the demand versus the supply of, mm -hmm. of like people who can like pick up a camera is like the supply is just so much greater than, exactly. than the demand now. Yeah. And so like. I think record labels are like, eh, and then it's sad because it's like that in the music industry too. I feel like yeah, and yeah. and then the fact that like anybody who has a SoundCloud can call themselves an everybody who has artist. second right. everybody and their second cousin's mother's neighbor plays brother's guitar, dog's sister, sing. yeah, brother's yeah. dog's sister, yeah. yeah, daughter, yeah. <laughs> uh, would that be a dog still? Yeah, yeah, that's still a dog. A dog. Still. It's still a that's a conversation we cannot have i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> uh anyway yeah but i think i think that's one thing i think that like uh i think the amount of money that labels are making now off of music uh has dropped and shifted because of like digital uh and like now i mean i i'm not like an economic expert of like the music industry you guys probably know more than i do but like my understanding is that like the big way that people make money now is like live shows mm -hmm. and that that's like the main revenue merch yeah. licensing yeah and so like licensing live shows and merchandise but like what and maybe this is wrong but what i've heard is that like the big source of income for like most of the big artists is like mostly live shows right yeah and so like 
I feel like when they're when you've like lost like a whole pillar, which used to be like album sales. Yep. It's like I it's think really the, it, like the economics have to shape, you know, change and, and shift. And yeah. then that again can affect. <laughs> it bleeds into the film industry right. with music videos, right? Because if the content that you're trying to create itself can't sustain then it's like how are you supposed to right you in particular ian reed no, i'm just yeah, kidding yeah, yeah. but <laughs> how, are, how are you going to sustain yourself how... <laughs> for everyone who's wondering the reason why i'm on this show is because i need more money <laughs> give sponsored me money ian reed. <laughs> sponsored by distant moon <laughs> give us money <laughs> i think we both could agree <laughs> same for us <laughs> sounds no. like butler.com slash donate yeah <laughs> Um, uh, my GoFundMe, so, uh, yeah. GoFundMe slash Distant Moon. GoFundMe <laughs> meaning GoFundMe. Yeah. Here's my bank account number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can write Here's it my down. social security number. <laughs> uh, date of birth. But I think uh, I think <clears throat> I I'm really interested. Uh, I have been interested in like obviously the 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 role that YouTube plays in all of it in the film industry and in the music industry. And like I think it's a really I think for the people who utilize it, it's a really good tool. But I think for a lot of artists, it's underutilized. And I even feel like for myself, I've underutilized it in the last five years. And so I'm trying to like... Like lately you've been doing... Like you're doing a YouTube video every yeah, week. Yeah, like try, lately I've been trying. Like yeah. I really feel like this is something that can, um, you know, I don't know. Just content. Yeah. And but, using what we... So like can. what... like. And this is like maybe we can all have ideas on this but like what is like maybe a better also, way I, I have to go in like 20 minutes okay yeah <laughs> what's like a better way to uh like engage people visually like through video content than just through a music video like is there like a narrative way that you can do that hmm. that would be more like powerful or engaging or something that you would see more of like a return from hmm so I feel like there, I have two answers and like I feel like it's hard for me to separate like my own like desires and like personal interests from like the answer at the same like don't so like I like as a filmmaker I mean, yeah I, I do feel like some of the most interesting ways to make like people flock to an album or to uh, a specific track is by not just making kind of the same music video that everyone has made for the last like oh decade, my gosh totally you know? yeah i <clears throat> i mean i think there's a role for i think the least helpful type of music video or or content related to an artist is like kind of that stock kind of feeling like yeah. semi-performance semi like narrative like what is this kind yeah. of music video especially with quasars in the frame like those vertical like lights in the <laughs> yeah, background yeah uh, it's actually become a joke in the filmmaking community. Like, really? wow. oh, got to get those vertical lights in the yeah. frame. Yeah. Uh, those are called quasars. Uh, and Got to get those quasars. Yeah, people make it like... Is that what she would yeah, say? Yeah, people are like, getting quasi. Just like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> There's your dad joke. Oh, yeah. Filmmaking dad joke. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Nathan and I are like, ha ha! Cut! But but I think like what interests me as a filmmaker and what I as like an audience member would be interested in seeing is more stuff like, you know, kind of concept pieces like Lemonade or uh, or like pieces that kind of push the boundaries. Mm. And I mean, Childish Gambino's This Is America, like everyone talked about last year. Yeah. And like it's a crazy video. It's it's crazy. It's hard to watch for me. Like yes. I had a, I had a, like. I actually like as soon as like that kind of like the if you haven't seen it 
I'm not going to spoil the it. The first thing that there, happens. There's a first like, thing that happens. Yeah. And I was like, click, I'm done. And I like shut my computer. I had to pause it. Yeah. I was like. And then I, <laughs> and then like I, like a day later, like I just like saw everyone still gushing about it. I was like, okay. So I like restarted it. And then like the second thing happened and I was like, oh no, done. Yeah, yeah. And, and like it, it took me like two or three viewings to like actually yeah. get through it. But I like it. Moral, moral boundaries aside creatively it pushed the boundaries in a way that was like really interesting and that's yeah. why i mean that's why it won best it was music. trying to make a, a point yeah and it did <laughs> it did it did like yeah messaging wise it made a point creatively it pushed the boundaries uh there's a lot of symbolism too like lot hidden of, symbolism yeah there was like artistry in mm -hmm. the visuals that matched the artistry of the so track itself. creative um and there's a reason why it won best music video at the grammys for that year you know, and mm -hmm. it was a valid win. It was like a worthwhile win. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think, like, I mean, first of all, uh, Hiro Mirai, who's, the, I think that's his name, who is the director, great director. Uh, but I think the fact that, like, Donald Glover is, like, so immersed in film as an actor, right. yeah. like, made him probably more willing to, like, find the symbolism in like the artistic like cinematography and imagery that like meshed kind of the meaning of the track with like the meaning of the music video mm -hmm. and so i think if you can do that and get and get like really deep into kind of like the symbolism and meaning and to kind of tell a story through abstract means like that it's a great way to approach a music video mm -hmm. but i think like if you're not going to go abstract and like make something that's kind of like visually poetic like that i mean like I think the other way to go is like just tell a story like make makes essentially like a short film and tell a story with it yeah and based on the song yeah based on the song hmm. uh and so i think i mean i think those are two ways you can go but i think aside from like music videos because i think your question is like not even like what do you do for music videos like i think it's like what like how do you like capture like people's attention in like a, an overcrowded space yeah mm. like i feel like giving giving people like taking people on a on a journey whether that's like getting to know you as the artist or like experiencing experiencing kind of like the truth of, of like your life or like the story that you're telling or like the message that you're communicating and just like giving them access to that whether it's like through the polished work you're putting out there or like you know short snippets and like weekly videos or behind mm -hmm. the scenes things because i do i do think like ultimately it's the concept and it's the way that you are communicating with the people around you yeah that ultimately is what matters it's not like i mean the, it's the classic thing of like you can how many hollywood films you know have like 150 million dollar budgets or 200 million dollar budgets and are just pieces of crap yeah because like so the concept was bad so and like sad. the writing was poor and there's just right. like and I Maybe think just the execution. <laughs> like it could be like a great idea and great actors and a great crew, but it's like yeah. the execution of it's just like really yeah. poor. But I, yeah, I, I, maybe and maybe we're talking about like different sides of the same thing. But I think like if you look at most Hollywood films, like the like the technical and like the crews that are working on like even like a bad Hollywood film versus a good Hollywood film, yeah, might be like ninety percent the same people. Mm. You know, whoa. And it's like what's like what's the difference between like, for instance, A Star Is Born in Venom same director of photography largely really? the same crews different directors different producers different screenwriters hmm. but like a lot of the technical like below the line people same people but venom was a bomb yeah it wasn't very good 
and star is born was like nominated for what like 10 oscars Mm -hmm. (laughs) didn't win them but it was still like nominated for them and i think it like all comes back to like what's this what's the story is it a is it an emotionally resonant story that will like talk to people's like souls yeah and like and i think that makes like a bigger difference Mm. than than like whether it's well done or not because like what impacts whether you think it's well done is ultimately did it connect with you yeah you know and not like how was the lighting i mean like people like good lighting they like good cinematography Mm. but like for instance at the hollywood level those are kind of like the the game that's like the entry stakes you know yeah like that's that's your like that's your low that's your small blind you know having like excellent crew is like the small blind of of a poker game you know Mm. it's like whether you have like a good story and good concept that determines whether you have like the full house or the royal flush Mm. you know shoot it's a good analogy Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! <laughs> <laughs> He's done it! <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's it's almost uh, 12, so and I know you got to go, so we'll we'll wrap it up here. Sorry for but hogging. I, th- I think... Just hog that conversation. No, no, no I think that that's, like, a good way to, like, kind of wrap up what I feel like probably what, a lo- what you're about a lot, you know, and just, like, it's about the story, you mm-hmm. know, and about... And I, I feel like even as artists, too, like, what... what or musicians, what I mean... Um, is like telling a story through your album or through through a song yeah. or through you know whatever and and even and even in YouTube like that's what's been inspiring me like lately is like how like what story am I telling mm-hmm. like with my life with my music you right. know what yeah. what do I want to say and yeah. that's going to then drive every piece of content that I put out and so and I think that the people who inspire me the most like they it's just their story which right. is like the thing that most captivates me mm-hmm. so I think it all comes back to that yeah wow. you know whether whether you're filmmaking or whether you're writing a song mm. or or like whatever it's just like yeah what are you what story are you telling it doesn't matter so important yeah yeah and it all comes back to what bradley cooper says in a star is born he says you've got something to say most people don't have anything to say you just- use your voice you tell you tell people what you have to say because it's dramatic music it's not us. it's not going to last forever. You're leaving you out a couple words. Yeah. <laughs> this is this. I was is wondering the, if it was verbatim. This yeah. Is the, this is the G-rated version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Ian, for joining us today, man. It's super fun. Thank you. This has been a really good podcast. It's been I good. feel like oh, this is the least guys. I've ever talked, and I love it. Oh, <laughs> it's because I've just like said. Way no, too I. Many you guys just. Took, it's just great. I like just soaked it all I like up. listening. I love listening. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I just like the sound of my own voice. Bradley, why don't you uh, take us out? Just say, uh, you know, thanks for yeah. joining Can us you on just the podcast punch us today. Both in the face? <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Jackson Maine. You can call me Jack since all of you are my closest friends. And uh, I just want to thank Butler. just want to thank Maggie. <laughs> been a real pleasure we'll uh we'll catch you all next week on the coffee talks podcast